What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 134 of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. It is officially Saturday morning. It's uh, not as late as it was supposed to be, frankly, because of how fast the game went, and it uh, wasn't great for the Braves, and joining me to talk about it is the great Eric Cole. What's up, man? I am thankful that this isn't being recorded at 1.30 in the morning. It's still quite late, uh, <laughs> and it was uh, kind of a bummer of a game to watch. Yeah, I mean... We'll talk about the big stuff that happened just because we have to. Um, but you know, the big the biggest takeaways here: the Braves lose again, three three nothing. Um, they're now going back home. Um, they do have two of two of the remaining three games in the series at home if that comes to it. But not a lot of optimism out there. They were shut out for the first time in franchise history in back to back postseason games, which kind of says all you need to say about that. Um, there were chances for the Braves to score in this game. But honestly, from the moment of the first inning, it didn't feel like the Braves were going to score. I mean, maybe that's, that's just me editorializing a little bit in retrospect, but I never got the feeling that this game was actually going to flip. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw was obviously really good in this game. Um, Acuna seemed to be kind of dialed in on him. He almost, you know, that, that second at bat where he ended up flying out, like he almost hit that ball out. Uh, I, thought, you know, I hit, thought it might have been off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it sounded good. He hit the double to lead off the game. Uh, had a single late against Ken, uh, Kenley Jansen. So he was great, and he had a great diving catch in the game, too, for that matter. Uh, I mean, he came to play, but the rest of the offense was just awful. Um, I mean, the, the top of the orders just haven't done, hasn't done anything in this series, really. You know, a couple singles here and there, nothing you know, nothing really right home about. And that's kind of been the story of the series. You know, I mean, we can talk about the home runs that the, the Dodgers hit. You know, Machado hit a, a two-run home run that a lot of people were reacting a lot more strongly than I was. I mean, it was honestly not that bad, of a, like a badly located pitch. It was kind of like low and away in this, in this, but in the strike zone on 3-0, and Machado got the green light and went down and got it, and that was that was you know two runs right off the bat. But other than that, I mean, Anibal kind of, I mean, he pitched reasonably well. He you know wasn't he's kind of one of those guys that you know it never looks as good as what the end up the line ends up being, but he sure. ended, he was fine. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a game where I was coming away with it saying that it was, you know, on Anibal Sanchez. Like, he did enough. He wasn't great. I mean, like you mentioned the home run, which I agree was a little bit of an overreaction from some people. It wasn't a great pitch, but it wasn't a terrible pitch either. I think people wanted him to be walked more than anything. Like, you know, 3-0, base open, Manny Machado, you probably want to pitch around him there, which is kind of the pushback. I think normally if there had been somebody, if, you know, for instance, if the runner had been on first base and not third base, no one would have said a word frankly, I don't think, about the way that that pitch was driven out of the ballpark. Obviously, that's not a great result, but I think it was just because there was a base open and, uh, you know, Smoltz had said it on the broadcast that, 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 you know, probably should have been pitching around him. And I, I tend to agree with that, but, you know, big picture, it wasn't as if Anibal was terrible. He allowed the other home run later. And that's that, been the that, story that, of the series. That, which, which was a significantly worse pitch. That was like yes, middle-middle. I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. Like, that was, that was a bigger mistake, frankly. Um, but, yeah, I mean... That's kind of the story of the series. The Braves can't score. Obviously, that's that's the biggest story of the series. But it's a lot, it's basically just been home runs by the Dodgers. It wasn't like they're you know nickel and diming you to death. Like there's just been a couple of big swings in both games. Um, I mean, you mentioned the top of the order. You know, aside from Acuna, who has been fine, but hasn't been that great in the series. I mean, he's been he's done he's been the best player for the Braves, but that's not a, exactly a high bar to clear. You got. Um, you got Camargo, who's been just completely lost. Freddie's been not great at all. Marquez has been not great at all. Had a really had a, had a big strikeout in this game. Suzuki is now 0 for four. You know, Albies has not done much for you. I mean, it's not you go down the list. It's basically Acuna and a little bit of Ender Enciarte, and that's kind of it. So, um, 
yeah, the offense kind of speaks for itself. We can go, we can go down a lot of rabbit holes here. I guess we should talk about the first inning more specifically because that was kind of the moment where it felt like it was deflating. The whole first inning was deflating because we just discussed the uh, the two run homer in the bottom of the first. But the top of the first, Acuna rifles the double to left center. Um, Camargo then tests back to the mound, but Acuna does what Acuna does and gets to third base somehow, which was a great thing. Um, Dodgers put the infield in. Freeman grounds out um, hard to second base. Acuna can't score, and then Marquez gets uh, just buckled by a uh, Kershaw curveball, which it was a it was a filthy pitch. But uh, just not scoring there after the way that after the way that Thursday night went, it's it's kind of I don't want to overstate it, but that just felt brutal. And then immediately giving up two runs in the bottom half, it was like the absolute. I, I made that note. I think I even tweeted it as well. Like it was the it, it'd be pretty hard to drop a worse way to start a game, um, a more a more deflated way to start a game after a loss than what happened in the first inning. Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's really tough. And, like, you know, to the to the team's credit, I mean, especially, you know, kind of the rest of the game, like, it didn't, like, that's easily where the game could have, like, gotten to, like, a, a big margin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you know, the pitching staff battled. I mean, once Anibal was out of the game, you know, he gave up those, he gave up a couple home runs. Um, But, you know, he was, other than that, I mean, like, Tukey looked really good. Freed had, you know, only faced one batter, but, you know, was did well in that, did, did well there. Uh, we had this guy, you know, come in, um, and he, you know, he pitched well. It was kind of like, you know, like the the pitching did their job. Um, you know, we when we talked, you know, previewing this series, I said that, you know, like at the end of the day, you're not you're not going to beat this team with two runs. It's just not going to happen. I mean, there's just too many good hitters. The w- one thing that bothered me about the all the talk about the Machado, I mean, like, you know, are you really wanting to put a second base runner on? So that you have the privilege of facing Yasiel Puig, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, like yeah. that's the thing. Like, like there's so many people. I mean, their number eight hitter hit a solo homer in this game, and that's yeah. And they're it's just, they're and, just and, better. And, I mean, with something we said on the preview podcast, we all said it. They're just they're just better, top to bottom. We knew that coming in. Something I tweeted before we started recording. The Dodgers are better. We knew that they're better. I think the gap feels wider than we thought it was going to. But at the same time. Well, it's it's a, it's a two game sample, and you run into Clayton Kershaw, who was just Clayton Kershaw in capital letters tonight. And then yep. you know yesterday, Ryu was better than I thought he was going to be. But you know we knew the Dodgers were better. They just they're they're better. It's what it is. Yep. And I mean, the, look, you know, the, the clearly that you know, like playing in Dodger Stadium when there's over fifty thousand people there. Um, I mean, that, that's that's a real that's a real advantage for you know that's a real home field advantage for a really good team. And you know, the, the offense is like they're. The, 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 there's a lot of bad at bats. I mean, Camargo had a miserable one in the ni- in the ninth inning where he just you oh, know like that, act- that was awful. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you know, like 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 accidentally fouling off two pitches before popping out to first base. And I mean, like Freeman had some at bats where he wasn't particularly good. I mean, like when yeah. when when, when, it, when that's happening, when like guys that normally have really good at bats like that aren't. It's just it's kind of one of those things where I'm like just let's just get out of Dodger Stadium and like let's see what let's see how things feel a little more in SunTrust because you know. It, it's going to be a little bit deflated just because of the the Braves are going to be coming back to SunTrust down 0-2. Um, like that place is still going to be bumping, and I know that the the home field advantage for the Braves hasn't been particularly great this year. But like also, you're not there's not going to be a crowd all year from the regular season. It's going to be anything like what's going to be on Sunday. So hopefully that gets them going. Um, I mean, and just gets the offense going because again, like you know, this this all this Dodgers offense is going to score runs off of the Braves pitching staff. I mean, it's just there's not going to be shutouts thrown by the Braves pitching staff. It's just not going to happen just because they're, they're that good. And that's just giving respect where it's due. I mean, there's too many good hitters. You can, you know, you can blank seven of these guys and, you know, one guy will, is still going to take you deep 
we're still going to have a decent game. So you're going to have to put up runs uh, in, in any amount. I mean, you know, obviously they've been shut out in two straight games, and that's certainly not going to get it done. But you know, you're going to have to. You, there's going to be some real offense, and you're going to have to kind of drive these starters out of games and you know get to get to the bullpens with some better at bats. Because otherwise, I mean, the, the, otherwise, I mean, Sunday could just go the same way. Um, and that's yeah. that, that's that's tough. So. It is, and I, I think that you know I want to do a couple more things on on the game um, tonight. Unfortunately, um, but looking ahead, like I think something good needs to happen early on uh, on Sunday night. Just for you know, you mentioned crowd morale and just the morale of the team not scoring not scoring again here. I mean, they were. I think they probably made too much of it on the broadcast. Um, the possibility of the Braves, you know, getting one run in the ninth inning as like some sort of moral victory. But I think just seeing something other than a zero in that column would have been fun at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I think something good, something good, something good happening early, I should say, on Sunday evening would be a good thing. Um, that's sort of self-explanatory, but it also I think needs to be said just for crowd stuff and all just morale in general. But I mean, the two things that I wanted to hit on that we haven't talked about yet, just briefly from tonight. Um, on the bright side, you know the the bullpen was very good. You know Max Freed threw one pitch was did, did his job. Tuki yep. looked good, and then Vizcaino looked good. That's sort of a moral victory for more for the future because those guys are three of your young core pieces um, in, in terms of your arms. But that was nice to see that they at least held them closely. I mean, Anibal wasn't great, wasn't terrible, but the bullpen actually was very good. Yeah, and I'm li- I like that. I mean, look, it, the the game was like a three nothing loss is like obviously that's bad because you didn't score any runs, but like that's not like a blowout or anything. Uh, and it was nice. That it they, felt they, like they, a blowout, but but but, it but I, I understand what you're saying just because the way Kershaw was cruising, the way the yeah. offense was playing, I get that much. But like throwing Tukey into that situation made me feel really good. Like you know, it made me feel like okay that they they would trust him to put him in a situation where it was like a close game. And I mean, he pitched really well, you know, like that curve is still ridiculous and he can still, and he still has a fastball that has life all over the place. So, you know, it's, it, it was good to see him put into that situation. You know, it's again, we, we're, we're kind of hoping that, you know, the next two games at SunTrust go significantly better because if the, if the Bra- I feel like if the Braves get a lead, that like there are some arms in the bullpen that can reasonably get some outs right now, um, which is not what I would have thought two games ago. <laughs> but, yeah, it feels better yeah. than it was that it was going to feel. I think. Which yeah, is, yeah, I feel better about the bullpen than I do the offense right now, which is not <laughs> particular, which is, which is a which is a really strange place to be in. Yeah, um, we're and, and for like, small wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, look, the the offense has been really bad. Uh, you can talk about you know faulty start, and you can talk about you know the home run that the home runs that Anibal gave up, but. That the, the Braves would have lost both these games one to nothing, and that's 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 where my thinking stops. It's like you have to score runs, uh, and that means like working at working at bats better. You know, like just foul off some pitches so you can like get some better pitches to hit. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask, ask you about that actually. Let's just let's talk about that for a second. You know, a lot was made about Kershaw only only needing eighty five pitches to get through eight innings, and I think he would have that would have been the same way in the ninth. You know, as a team, the Dodgers threw ninety nine pitches in this game uh, in, yeah. in, a, in nine innings. That's really brutal. I mean, some of the approaches are pretty um, interesting to discuss. I think it sort of feeds into the, the big picture question that I wanted to ask you: is basically like, what do you make of the you know the spotlight is too bright narrative? There's a lot of the like the Braves aren't ready for this kind of thing stuff. I, I usually push back against that. I do think that there is some of that potentially in play, which is the way that they're not taking good plate appearances. There's not a lot of patience right now. They might be pressing a little bit. I think some of that goes, does come from inexperience. 
but you know, what's that balance for you? Like, what do you? I mean, obviously, it's not good to only see 99 pitches in a game and not really generate much in the way of threats outside of that first inning. But I mean, how much of that is youth, and how much of that just them not playing well against the guys who are better than they are? Uh, I think it's. I don't think it's youth because I mean, like. The guy has the best the best patience on the team is is batting lead off right now and he sees pitches every at bat you know he's yeah, he's, he's the one the, guy he said he's had the best series and he's the youngest yeah it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean like you know I mean Freddie's swinging at pitches early in counts and I mean like I mean it, it's kind of, like Suzuki I think he saw like five pitches all game you know like it was kind of one of those things where and that was after a one pitch a one pitch at bat on on Thursday like it's not been a great series for old Kurt Suzuki no I mean I think it's more of a you know, like it's not. I think some of it's like you know. Look, it's not like Kershaw wasn't throwing strikes and his stuff wasn't good. You know what I mean? He wasn't like diving. People weren't. They weren't chasing balls that were like making him fall over the plate or anything. He was throwing really good pitches in the strike zone. And you got. I mean, you you just got to be able to foul those pitches off and kind of stay back on them more. Otherwise, you know, that's what's going to happen. You're just going to you're just going to swing over top of them, or you're going to hit you know weak grounders and you're not going to be able to do anything with them. So, it's it's in those cases you have to just kind of be able to stay back on the ball and either you know just kind of foul it back or, you know, foul it off, you know, and, you know, send some souvenirs to the first and third base side. And, uh, rather than, you I mean, like it, there's just got to be a better, more patience in terms of like recognizing what your pitch to hit and is it that's going to be. Um, I mean, the Braves haven't drawn a walk in this series. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, some of that's just, you know, Kershaw was Kershaw, but yeah. And, not, and, and Ryu too. Like he was not same throwing. thing. Yeah. I mean, but still but that's, have, that's mean, a like, jarring the, stat. Well, yeah, you have to you have to you have to work counts to get there. I mean, it seemed like every at bat was three pitches, and that's not going to do it. I mean, you're just going to have to you know, you're going to have to either make some real contact. I mean, and the other thing about this game that was really frustrating is like anything that resembled a hard hit ball was right at somebody, and like it just felt like it's it felt like that giant series earlier in the season where it's like you know, everything that the Braves hit that was hard was like right at a fielder, and then like they're and then. The, in the Giants' case, there was like these little bloop flares that literally found every hole in the field, and it was just like a frustrating sort of game in that regard. But you know, they're going to have to make better contact and work better at bats. Otherwise, I mean, again, when Walker Bueller is not like he's not, <laughs> you're not getting a break against that guy. You know what I mean? You're going to have to make him work for it. Now, fortunately, he's you know he's a rookie, and you you maybe he'll he like and the weight of clinching a series is going to be on his back, and maybe you can you know use some of this pressure and adrenaline that's kind of getting to some of the Braves hitters right now and you know some of that impatience will get to him and he might do something stupid um because there's there's definitely guys in this Braves lineup that can punish mistakes they're just not doing it right now and unfortunately the Dodgers pitchers haven't really been making a ton of mistakes so if you don't get take advantage of them then this is kind of where you end up at where you know you don't you don't score any runs over two games yeah I mean Bueller was nails in a big start um earlier in the week so hopefully that doesn't happen again um but yeah it's yeah, I mean, I'm almost like out of things to say. I mean, I don't want to go too deep because people don't want to hear it. I mean, a lot of it's kind of it's been kind of funny. A lot of the podcast, a lot of responses to my tweets at the end of the game about the podcast were like, "Don't do the podcast. We, we don't have to do the podcast." Um, I promised it, so here we are. Uh, and Eric's a trooper for doing this with me. But I mean, we we could talk about late Adams, uh, late Adams uh, being hit by a pitch in the sixth inning and still having a five pitch inning overall with a base runner. You don't really see a five pitch inning with base runners off very often. That's pretty. Uh, that was a wild one. Yeah. Um, Camargo, I, I, Camargo I, I, sliding head first. By the way, was something that I wrote down and wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, um, that, that, yeah, that that was that was that was a little bit of desperation. <laughs> like, uh, like it was pretty brutal. Uh, I will I want to give I want to give Lane Adams a little bit of a, a free pass though. Everyone well, was going to get him. mad. He did, well, no, he the, the, him not making it to second on that force out 
Everyone's like, "Where's all that speed?" And I'm like, "He got hit in the pitch with a with, by a pitch in oh, the foot." Oh, it was fine. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, was, like, was, good luck. You 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 sprint thirty feet a second, you know, after you get drilled. The it foot. was a close play too. Like, I mean, he was he was clearly out, but it wasn't like he was out by a lot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, my know. my timeline was like, where, I saw that, that too. I mean, I, I'm sure. Maybe maybe he maybe he beats it in a healthy perfect world, but it is important to note that he did get hit by pitch, and I mean you're talking about a spot where beating that out would have been a kind of miraculous. I mean, it would yeah, have been, it, would, it would have been. That's huge, not that's not what usually happens there. Usually no, that play gets made. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no no big deal there. I mean, I I guess maybe he could have gotten a better jump or something. I, I I will I will I will cop to the fact that I don't really know what kind of jump he got on the play. But yeah, I, I saw some of that too, and it was like, "All right, guys, let's just relax." Um, I don't know. I, I think we're probably out of things to discuss in the actual game without just exhausting ourselves. Looking, I guess we have to look ahead. Uh, before the game started, there was a little bit of talk, I guess, from Brian Snicker that Fultonavich might start Game Four if that if that happens. Obviously, Game Four existing would be a huge win at this point in time. But what did you make of that? Since we're now ahead of it, and we can at least talk about it before it may not happen. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, he only threw fifty pitches, I think, in game in in game one, and I don't think that what Fulty's issues were was that he just simply can't is not good enough to play against the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the idea of starting Julio Tehran against this Dodgers lineup actually legitimately terrifies me. So, um, you know, when you ever have a pitcher, that, <laughs> when you have a pitcher that's you know has a tendency to give up home runs, and then you're going to put him against this Dodgers lineup, I mean. I don't. I don't hate it. I think that the idea behind it has to be, though, that you know, once start, things start going south, you have to have Tukey or Freed or Newcomb. Really, you have to have them ready to go again. Um, and the, the Braves did that in the first in, in the first game. You know, as soon as you know things kind of really went bad, they they got faulty out of there. Um, but when you got, bring a guy in short rest like that, you're going to have to kind of handcuff them to somebody. Uh, and make sure that they're ready to go. So well, they're going to have to do that regardless. I mean, it's going to be that's why you carry. I mean, they have seven starters on the team yeah. right now. Um, even if it's if it's Fulty, you have to piggyback him. If it's Tehran, you have to piggyback him. If it's Newcomb in Game Four, same thing. Uh, you know, regardless, I can't imagine yeah, he, who, whoever starts that a, game is going to be having a long leash. Well, yeah, I mean, Gaussman's going to have the same thing on Sunday too. I, I mean, think so. I mean, I, maybe he'll maybe he'll have a little bit more of a leash because he ha- because he's on regular rest and has been a little bit better. But same thing, you got to manage game. You got to manage every game now, but especially Sunday, like it's your last, and that means usually having a very quick hook. I'll be interested to see how Snicker handles that. I mean, nothing that he's done in this series has been like offensive because you know, I guess on on the bright side, the games haven't been competitive enough for like. The managerial stuff to really matter all that much. The only thing that was like really weird about it was the opener and letting Fulty hit for himself. But aside from that, like the decisions kind of have to be made for you. Like you know, you're you're losing and there's not a whole lot you can do. But yeah, Gosman shouldn't have a ton of um, leash, I don't think, on Sunday. But that's going to be the theme the rest the rest of the way. Honestly, when you're when you're getting beat like this, everything's got to be pulling out all the stops here. I'll be interested to see if he, if he changes the lineup. It might, it might be seen as more, something of a panic move, but maybe you move Camargo down and do something else. I don't, I'm not really sure what you do here. I mean, I, I've actually expected to see Ender and Ciarte in the two-hole, considering it's a right-handed pitcher. 
in Bueller. So that, that's a kind of an obvious change that he can that he can make, and I think he probably will make. I don't yeah, love that, but it's I'm okay it, with it. It's fine. Yeah, um, there's already talk after the game that Snicker saying that there's going to be some changes to the lineup, and that that seems sure. like I think you have right to do. Change. I mean, if nothing yeah. else, it just it's like do something different. I I'm not huge into just changing for change's sake, but with the way those two games went on this on this kind of stage with the spotlight the way it is, you can't just say all right, same lineup. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they are going against a righty, so I mean, like, it's not yeah. like it's not completely indefensible and indefensible. Oh no, change. it's yeah, that, it does. It, it should change things. I do think. Um, I was not surprised, but I was curious as to why they didn't uh, they didn't play Flowers again in this game um, against I, the lefty. I, and I won't. I will weird. say this: Kurt Suzuki's pitch framing in this game was among the worst I've ever oh. seen. Well, that was like, I mean, it was legitimately bad. That's one of the reasons why. I mean. <laughs> I don't want to go too deep into this because I got in some fights yesterday with people that were trying to tell me that he should have played in the opener. And I'm like, guys, you cannot argue uh, for Suzuki over Flowers against a left-handed pitcher because Flowers is a much better defensive player. It's just full stop. Flowers framing is huge. I mean, you can talk about framing in whichever way you want to talk about it. Framing shouldn't, I guess, shouldn't matter, like, you know, robot umps and all that stuff, but it does matter. It matters a lot, and he's one of the best at it in the world. Um, Suzuki is not good at it. He's not a good defensive catcher. He's not, like, absolutely terrible, but he's not good. And against left-handed pitching, Flowers is a better hitter, too. So I would have done it again here. I mean, I would have gone to Flowers. I know Flowers wasn't great in the opener. He had three strikeouts, but he also had a hit. And, you know, having a hit in this series is like something to just, you know, throw a party over, frankly. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, all, all that to say, only, only because you knew a right-handed pitcher was coming in Game 3 and you probably want to lead Suzuki in that spot because Suzuki's been better against right-handed pitching this season. So, I don't know. That, that was why it struck me as weird. I wonder who I wonder who plays in Game 3. It might be... Flowers, because of how bad you just said it was with Suzuki, like, I'm sure somebody in the Braves front office or one of their guys is going to be like, you know, they probably, you know, Suzuki might have cost them several strikes and by proxy outs in this game because it was really bad. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, for for Anibal and for, I mean, and Tuki, I mean, it seemed like he, like, all night, under- really. It was all night. Yeah, 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 it was like, and it wasn't just like, you know, like he, like his, his glove moved a little bit. It was like he didn't realize the pitch was coming and, like, had to catch some balls that were headed right at him underhanded, kind of trying to, like, it, it just, it wasn't good. It, it cost, it cost the team some strikes. And I don't think it cost the team the game, but at the same time, like, it, just, it wasn't good. So yeah, one one note, I, and you mentioned there's the press conference is happening as we're talking here. One note that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, this is from Gabe Burns, our old pal at the AJC. Um, he said he's passing along the information that Snicker um, said he he actually assumed that Anibal wasn't going to pitch to Machado in that spot at 3-0, and he said but but Snicker took, took the blame, saying that he sh- that he that he could have called for a walk and didn't. So that's just some some context to uh, that particular um, massive at bat but and also the lineup yeah you mentioned the lineup stuff it looks like they're going a uh, snicker said that, that the players are going to stay the same I'm not really sure what that means for catcher but the order is probably going to change which is not a big surprise so yeah. we'll see um uh, I mean let's talk about a little bit about game about the game three matchup we talked about it a little bit there but Kevin Gosman Walker Bueller do you expect Gosman um, to I mean, what, what do you what do you what, what are you projecting here? I know the Braves are going to be uh, sizable underdogs. I'm looking for the Vegas spread. It's not it's not out yet. I was going to pass that along. It's something I passed along last night, and people were taken aback by the Dodgers being a huge favorite. We saw why. Uh, the number is going to be a lot smaller this time around because a the game's in Atlanta, and b it's not Clayton Kershaw, but it's going to be the Dodgers' favorite again, and maybe that's not the wrong thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I like. Gaussman to pitch reasonably well just because this is a team that is kind of geared towards you know hitting the long ball and he's just not a guy that generally gives up a ton of them um 
So, well, at least one would hope anyway. Um, you know, he's a ball kind of a guy that, you know, throws that splitter and has generally does a pretty good job of keeping the ball down um, and has done so for and does has done so for the Braves anyway. So you have to hope that like that will continue to happen. But at the same time, like they have so many they have so many lefties in that lineup and all of them. It seems like everyone every at bat seems terrifying. Uh, so I hope I'm just hoping that he can get like through five or you know five or six innings. Um, and the, at the end of the day, everything's coming down to you know whether or not this offense scores runs. So I worry that you know if like the offense, even if he has a good start to the game, where you know we don't give up first inning runs for the first time in this series. Uh, like after you know three or four innings of you know if the Braves offense continues to scuffle, whether or not like some frustration will start to bleed through, and that that'll lead to bad things happening. So you know again, I like Ausman a lot. Um, I've, you know since we've acquired him from the trade deadline, you know he's only had a handful of starts really, if you kind of think about it that way, um, for the Braves. And you know I just don't really know what to expect from him in the postseason and kind of how he matches up against these sorts this sort of lineup because. We haven't really seen him have to, to deal with this level of talent on a team, so you know we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful. You know he's he's a big time talent. Uh, I, I I will say that of all the pitching at bats that we've had in this series, it's very likely that his will be among the best we've seen because it seems like every time he's at bat, <laughs> it seems like every time he's at bat, it's like you know these eight nine pitch bat, at bats, uh, and yeah. these are awesome walks too. So I mean. You know, at least we have that going for us. He'll, but. See, he'll see some pitches at the very least, I think. Oh yeah, he'll um, fall off pitches. He doesn't really do much with them, but you know, he, he just he'll, waste pitches. That's that's actually kind of useful. Honestly, that, that, that so. is that is going to be useful in the series. Uh, you know, make 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 Bueller work for it. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's again, I don't I don't think the Gosman versus Bueller is an advantage for the Braves, but it also isn't the disadvantage that Kershaw versus Santa, that Sanchez is. So, and that's not a shot at Sanchez again. I think, Kershaw is just Kershaw, and that was maybe not peak Kershaw, but you know, high up there on the list. He's very, very good. Yeah, um, B plus Kershaw's. Yeah, I mean, right. he didn't have his strikeout stuff. I guess he only had three strikeouts, and I guess you know, Pete Kershaw would have struck out eleven in that same game. But uh, yeah, he was really good. So, all right. I mean, I think we've probably done enough here, Eric. Uh, not a, not the most fun show we've ever done on the podcast. At least they're in the playoffs, and we're talking about playoff baseball. Oh yeah, I mean, matters. like again, I'm, I still feel like pretty like. I'm just, I'm 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 ecstatic that they're in the division round, and I'm I'm glad I'm I'm going to be there on Sunday. Uh, I think that place is going to be jumping. I think they're I think they're going to play better at SunTrust. I I do. I just don't, I just don't think this, the, the team that we've seen the last two days is just not the team that got here. So yeah, you know, it would be really it's, deflating it's, if it happened like that. But I do agree with you that we'll I think we'll see something in the way of some fight on Sunday, which is what would be nice to see. Yeah, it's, uh, and you know that and that'll be fun. So you know, um, you know. If you're, if you guys are around on Sunday, you know, come come find me. I'm I'll I'll be around, and uh, you know, it, it'll be a good time. Just enjoy the playoff run. I mean, there's some people who are like genuinely really upset. Yesterday, I like I had some like really mean messages and really mean de- tweets at me. Uh, like it was like my fault personally that the Braves were terrible. <laughs> it, it is your fault, Eric. <laughs> I mean, let me. I respect that, but <laughs> at the same time, like, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, like they're playing in the playoffs, and this is still pretty awesome that they're here. Um, and we're kind of we're, we're looking we're looking at probably the worst incarnation of this team over the next few years, and they still got here. Um, so like just just enjoy yourselves and just understand that you know it's a it's a young team. They haven't been in the playoffs for a long time, and they're playing against a Dodgers squad that is really really good. Uh, so like don't like I've had multiple people tell me that they're 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 due for ninety losses next year uh, based Come on the on. performance of the series. Yeah, <laughs> what are we doing? And it's yeah. 
I don't think people fully understand kind of what's happening, and they're just super upset, and they probably haven't watched the Braves game all year until the series. So it's just, frustration. It, I mean, I, I totally get it. It's this has been a, a maddening series. It's two games. It's been maddening. It's been frustrating. But let's try to keep things in perspective a little bit. Um, you know, the, the the one year ahead of schedule stuff gets annoying uh, in the middle of a broadcast, but it's also true. So yeah, it, it is also true. I do wish that the broadcast would tone down the. All the reasons why they hate the game of baseball. I fully um, agree with that. It, I mean, it's, I, I it's, tried my best not to do the broadcast rant yesterday with Scott, and I, I did okay. No, I, no, I did I'm, okay I'm, here, but it's been really, really bad. I've, I've tweeted a few times about it, but it's been really. I mean, no. John Smoltz is doing his best Joe Simpson impression about yeah. how bad the game of baseball is right now, and how it needs to be back the way it was 20, 25 years ago, or further than that, about how you know the, the way the game needs to be played and all that stuff. I will tell you something, MLB Network, okay? If you want people to like your game and to like your product, one thing that should be made absolutely clear is that they should not be trashing the product that's on the field in the playoffs. It was FS1 tonight. It wasn't even MLB Network tonight, but yeah. Was, well, that's uh, just it. I mean, I mean, John Smoltz was John Smoltz was bad. The FS1 crew has been bad about it. I, I didn't I've, I didn't get the chance to see the, the TBS crew at work. It was just... No, it's, it's not good. I mean... Uh, all, all, uh, all love for John Smoltz, uh, who is one of the great Braves of all time, Hall of Famer, all that fun stuff. I've met the man, I've hosted the man at an event, um, but he's been bad in this series. It's been driving me crazy. So, uh, yeah, without without going too deep into that rant here at whatever time it is, one a.m. But uh, yeah, broadcast has not been doing doing anybody any favors. Um, I'm sure the Dodgers fans have liked it because the team is winning, but um, it is definitely has that definitely has that bent of. Uh, not enjoying baseball, which is something that you really don't want to hear when you're watching a baseball game. So, yeah, yeah, rough. Um, and also, I, I did. I've done very well not to go into the perfect synergy of the exact same situation happening in the first inning on both sides, but with one team having Manny Machado hitting cleanup and the other team having Nick Marquez hitting cleanup. Um, man, man, man on third, two outs, and one guy, one one guy is Manny Machado, and the other guy is Nick, Mar- Nick Marquez, and that says it all. I mean, if it was first half Nick Markakis, I'd be fine with it. But yeah, if it was May, that'd be great. And then he came back to being Nick Markakis again, which is fine. But I'm just not particularly fine tonight. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't want to. Let's just. I'm going to tell myself to stop talking now because <laughs> I don't want to. You're get, already you're um, already going to get the angry tweets, man. I it mean, it was, no, And by the way, let me just say it's not it's not Markakis. Everybody was bad in this game. Aside yeah. from Acuna, everybody was bad. Freddie included. Freddie's best player on the team has been for a while. He's been bad in the series. Um, Camargo, we, we, we much, I think Camargo and Suzuki have been the two worst in the series. And those guys, uh, we've lauded quite a bit on this podcast. So it's, it, it's, it's equal opportunity. Let's just, let's just be clear about that. Uh, no one no one aside from Ronald Acuna and so yeah, the pitching staff. There's, no, sca- there's no scapegoats in this one. The, no. The, <laughs> the, no runs have been scored. That, 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 that's a team effort. Yep. All right, Eric. Well, uh, that's more than enough i think uh, you should go to bed i should at least to try to do that but uh please subscribe to the podcast everybody um i'm sorry this i'm sorry for this episode not being the greatest in the world and most organized and i'm sure we've rambled quite a bit but i, I appreciate everyone that's uh, supported us throughout the season 
Uh, either way, we'll be here. We'll, we'll be back after Game Three. Um, I have not decided if I'll be in the building on Sunday. I know Eric will be. So it will not be Eric on the pod on Sunday night because Eric will be in the building, which is cool. Um, but regardless, we'll have a podcast at some point late Sunday night into Monday morning, and then we'll do our normal stuff after that, kind of wrapping things up, things up big picture. That'll be a short one, I'm sure. Sunday night it'll be more game focused. If, even if it's a loss, we're gonna save the like post mortem stuff for later. But uh, yeah, there'll be a podcast there. Eric, any final thoughts for you before we get out of here, man? It's going to be okay, Braves fans, truly. Like, like again, just in, in, enjoy this, and I'm quite confident they'll play better on Sunday. And even if they don't, like, there's a lot of things that you can take away from the season. So, you know, pump, pump the brakes on, like, thinking that we need to burn down SunTrust Park after those first two games. Yeah, please do not burn things or yell or scream or be inappropriate. Um, we're all frustrated, but there's ways to... Uh, I guess just act in that way. So uh, hopefully the day off on Saturday will do everyone some good. You know, obviously some travel involved there for the Braves themselves. But Sunday night, 807, SunTrust Park should be rocking. And then hopefully Monday at 430, which would be crazy in the city uh, over there. Oh, that game uh, I, I didn't realize that was a 430 start. Oh, happens. yeah, that's a Mon- Monday 430 at SunTrust if that if that game exists. So we will see. I will not happens, be in that one. Yeah, the day jobs will be uh, – interesting on that one but all right everybody thanks for listening subscribe do all that fun stuff we'll see you guys late on sunday evening